Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? And more to be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, the founder of More to Be, host of the More to Be podcast, here to help you think biblically and live transformed, to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. On this episode, I am excited about kicking off our season three. I have Kaylee Kelch with me again. Welcome, Kaylee. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I can't believe it's season three already. I can't believe it's season three, which technically means I know. the second full, <laughs> the second, we're entering into the second year of recording a podcast. So we have recorded two full half year seasons in 2018. And here we are at the beginning of 2019. I know. It's so hard to believe how fast time rolls around, honestly. I know. I remember back in the day where I thought like the world was going to end at, at 2000, like remember Y2K? Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. I was like, I remember my mom like going in cause she was working in a nursing home at the time and just all the medical scare of everything was going to shut down and oxygen machines weren't going to work. And right. I was sitting at home um, thinking, yeah, I mean, is this how it's all going to end or what? <laughs> I uh, know it has not ended. No, nope. I'm still waiting for Jesus to come and Same. <laughs> take us away, fly us away, Lord. <laughs> yes. But in the meantime, here we are uh, with a call to live intentionally, which we talked about the end of season two and live on purpose. And this year for our podcast and also for the more to be like overall guiding ministry focus. Mm -hmm. We are looking at being brave together, which we've touched upon a couple episodes ago. And today we're really going to kind of kick that off of what does that mean? Yeah. It's, it's so the other thing I was thinking when you were talking about that is like fighting the good fight. I think King and country has a song that has those words. Um, And yeah, I think we mentioned it in the last episode from uh, season two, but this idea of fighting together, you know, we are warriors in a battle until Jesus does come. And so what are we going to do? Are we going to band together? Or are we going to try to go this alone and stand out in the middle of a field trying to fight off an advancing force? Or do we have sisters that stand shoulder to shoulder with us mm-hmm. along with, you know, our Lord and Savior um, mm-hmm. to defeat the, the things that come at us from our thoughts or, you know, challenges with relationships or just the evil that's in the world, you know, how are we going to manage it all? Exactly. I, I love it. As you described that, I'm thinking about the subtitle on Brave Together is devoted to God and each other. Mm. And, and I see that as these two pillars of mm. we're really good about saying, hey, I'm going to be in Bible study. I'm going to read my word, you know, the word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do all these like biblically based things independently Mm -hmm. of being in community with other believers. Uh, Or we forsake our relationship with God Mm -hmm. while we're so busy serving everybody else and neglecting that one-on-one time with, with him. And to become women who it's a both and of devoted to God into his word, living it out with each other uh, is what brave together is all about. And what we're doing for 2019 is that we are um, pitching the principle for each Sunday night in our more to be tribe Facebook group. 
-hmm. So the goal is everybody should get a copy of Brave Together. And then I'll put the principle out on Sunday nights. And then throughout the week, we'll study the scriptures and we'll talk about what is this looking like in everyday life and inviting one another to say, okay, principle number one is, Mm -hmm. principle number two is, and then how are we going to live out those principles of scripture? So I thought what I would do is kind of give a little preview of some of the principles without us going into them right now. And then I want to really unpack how this is the heartbeat of biblical mentoring Uh and beyond. Uh, what, one of the um, questions I get all the time about biblical mentoring is, well, does it always have to be older to younger? Right. Have you gotten that question too, as you've like worked with people around this context of mentoring? Um, some, I think for me though, like working at a high school, I'm naturally, it's the older with the younger, you know? Yes. So that's in my mentoring context, it's just happened because of the nature of where I'm at. Right. So um but I do think there is this, this context of, okay, so yeah, how do I find, and is it always about having somebody younger? And no, it's, it's not at that at all. I think we mentor at any age. Um, and a lot of it versus the, the age range, it's more of depending on life experience or kind of where we are in our relationship with God. You can have two 40-year-old women and one has grown up in the church mm-hmm. and somebody who is you know, a newborn in a sense in her relationship with Christ, because she's just come to the church two years ago and the saving knowledge of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so she needs somebody, you know, yeah. but they, yeah. they are then considered peers because of their age. Yeah. That was totally me and my friend, Julie. I mean, we're uh-huh. the same age. I'm, I think I'm a year older than her actually. And she very much mentored me in my faith when we were in our twenties. Right. Just, I, I think I learned from her what a, a biblical marriage looked like to be quite uh-huh. honest watching how she loved her husband and the choices mm-hmm. that she was making to submit to his leadership. Uh, it was for me life changing and we were the same. We're the same peer group. Right. So what I really want to look into today is kind of going back to the principles I teach on in Titus two about mentoring and camping out in that paracleo mm-hmm. concept. And then shifting into talking about what does the acts to church look like? Yeah today and how is that defined by love and what is the call if we get to it in Romans 12 what does that look like for us to put that in action every day in this kind of pursuit of being brave together yeah because unfortunately a lot of people have been very wounded by church like I I mean I can tell you story after story of friends and people I know and you know college-age students who leave high school and then just get so disingenuous and hurts or pushed out or whatever, you know, there's, there's so many, so many different stories, unfortunately. And it's so sad to me because the, as a body of believers and what God calls us to do, it should be like this sweet communion and this safe environment. Um, But so often it's the flip because it turns into this very critical and you should be growing and you should be doing this and that. And Mm-hmm. Um, so I know it's a challenge and a lot of people walk away, but then they're, they're missing out on something so beautiful. And that's why I'm like, there's, I, I always say to kids, I'm like, you got to fight for that too. You've got to fight for the relationship and not give up on the church. It, we are all faulty human beings who make up this body and nobody is perfect. But the minute you walk away, then we're losing out on what you offer 
you know, like God made you unique to serve in the church too. That's so interesting because as I opened up Brave Together, uh, I just flipped to the manifesto page, you know, the page of the manifestos. And number 12 is I will be the first to say, I'm sorry, seek forgiveness and offer forgiveness even when it's hard. Mm. And then I've got uh, that week we'll be looking at three different verses. But then the next one is I will remember that I'm fearfully, wonderfully made, not on accident, but on purpose for a good purpose. Mm -hmm. Psalm 139, Ephesians 2.10. And so this idea that we need to remember these simple truths because they're going to guide our actions, right? I love these manifestos. You did such a good job putting them together. Oh, they're totally God. I mean, and they they come completely out of a place of my struggle. Like when I sat down to write this back in, did I write this in 2017? I put the list together in 2017. They were, um, they were, pieces of lessons that God had taught me Mm. that I wanted to put into action. And I honestly think it was because I was, I was desperately alone at that time. Right. We we had moved from the boarding school in the summer of 2015. And so 2016, I had come through my, you know, first year alone. And I, I was longing for the mentorships that I had Mm -hmm. back at the boarding school and the lessons that I had learned by being in the trenches of that life. And I, um, I remember, I I often think of this one scene. So when we were at the boarding school, my first job was in the admissions office. Okay. And I was 24, maybe we were just married. So I was like 24 Mm -hmm. years old, 25 years old. And I was working as an admissions rep and I was in this building, that picture, uh, the walls like were all dark wood, like uh, a okay. library, like uh-huh. a, kind of a Harvard-esque right. library, big with big windows. So it wasn't dark. It was cozy, like leather chairs that were red. And, you know, it's just mm. this very like prestigious prep school feel is what it, yes. is what it had. And I worked in that office and I was surrounded by these uh, older women. They were all, they all could have been my mother's. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, one of the gals I became good friends with her daughter, who was my age. Uh, and I, here I was like 20 years younger than them. And they were teaching me how to interact with the faculty members that drove me nuts. Like if I had right. <laughs> from them and they wouldn't give it to me, they were handling my tears when a student was like snotty to me. They were helping me figure out how to deal with my marriage issues when Stephen and I were in conflict and I came into the office and my, you know, heart overflowed. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally was like camped around these women or these women were camped around me and I love them to pieces to this day. And, and then I was also had the privilege of going to chapel with the students whenever I wanted to go. Uh, and so it was right across the, the street from the office and I would go to chapel and I heard hymns, which I had never, ever heard in my whole life. I didn't uh-huh. come to know the Lord until I was in college. Right. These songs were like all new to me. And, and the one song, it was one faculty retreat. We sung, they will know that we are Christians by our love. Yes. All right. And so. I turned to Stephen. I'm like, this is the best. Did they just release this? And he's like, oh dear. No. This one's so old. This one's so old. And then we would sing the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow. And I thought I was so novel. 
I came back to the office after seeing <laughs> that and I typed it up, you know, my graphic design self. And I hung it on the wall above the copier, which was at the end. Like if you came out of the bathroom in the back and came forward, that would yeah. be what we would see. And for years, I would see that and be like, what a great song. I had no idea it was in the Bible. Like none. <laughs> I love it. It was years later that I was like, oh my what? God, that's in <laughs> it's scripture. I didn't even know that. Oh, it's so good. It's so funny. And, and so when I wrote these principles, in, in many ways, they were like, I'm going to cry. It, it was like recounting all the truths that I had learned over so many years yeah. of walking out my faith as an adult that I thought, I want other women to live by these truths and, and see how God is going to manifest it, not only in their lives, but you know, my heart for the next generation. Like, I know. And that next generation keeps on getting larger as I get older, but, <laughs> but <laughs> true, true. Like there's more and more people behind me that I, I we want have to reach to lock arms together and kind of this march of they will know that we are Christians by our love and by how we live out God's word and how we are women who know it's not just a song on K-Love, but mm -hmm. I, I love K-Love and I love contemporary worship music. But those things that we are singing come from God's word. If we're not yeah. in God's word, then those things have less meaning. Correct. Yesterday, uh, our pastor preached a sermon leading up to Christmas because we're recording this now before the holidays. Mm -hmm. And um, he took us to the passage in Isaiah where it talks about Jesus, God being the wonderful counselor, uh, everlasting God, Prince of, Peace, Prince of Peace, right? And then that afternoon, we had um, a choir concert for my son and mm -hmm. they were singing that in the song mm -hmm. that they sung. And I was like, man, I wonder if these kids on this stage know that this is from the word of God. It's not just some guy or woman who crafted that song right. that came up with that great alliteration. That's like the word of God. Right. And, and Luke came home that night. He goes, mom, isn't that crazy that what our pastor preached this morning has been what I've been practicing and rehearsing, singing for the last two months. Oh. And then we sung it tonight in that setting. And I was like, yes, he got it. Like yeah. it, he, for him, there was a connecting point and th that's kind of my vision for us as women mm -hmm. is that there would be this devoted to God, this horror that is it vertical, vertical. I'm like, what way, <laughs> Which way do we go? <laughs> this vertical relationship with God at the same time, this horizontal relationship with, with each other. other and stepping into that as a both and requires courage and faith mm -hmm. because it, it risks getting hurt mm -hmm. and, it does. and it risks as we turn to Titus two, it kind of risks of being rebuked. Right. Right. Should I go right into it? I'm yeah. looking at it. Okay. So uh, if we look at Titus two, usually we camp out as a mentor in a mentoring context in the Titus three, two, chapter two, verses three through five. So do you want to just go ahead and read that part quickly and then I'll, I'll sum sure. it up. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. 
These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. All right. So that's typically what, when we talk about biblical mentoring, that's where people think that we're going to camp out and stay there. And, right. and it's great teaching. I mean, there's our, there's our checklist. And I love mm-hmm. it that I have a little note in my Bible here. Teach the older women is called aged. That's actually the, like the original translation is aged. So right. technically you could be 18 and aged compared to a 14 year old. Especially I was going to say back in that context, when girls were being married at 13, yeah. you right. know, Right. Aged could be 18. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. And then the ultimate goal is to live in a way that honors God, which is not right. a new idea. I mean, that's what we're talking about all the time. Every, every scripture passage is about do this to honor God. And then we get these action steps, must not slander others, reasonable, or be heavy drinkers. Uh, and I, I usually translate the heavy drinkers to today we need to talk about addiction and not be addicted. Uh, and so I'm going to make a little plug for anybody who's listening to this in the beginning of January, 2019, I'm participating with Wendy speak and her 40 day sugar fast. Okay. And our last episode at the end of 2018 is on that. Right. And I would recommend that anyone who wants to pursue this year of being brave together should start with a fast. And in Wendy's case, it's sugar, but she also, in that episode, we talk about how to fast. And why I recommend this is that fasting helps us see the thing that is our stronghold. Well, it clears our mind from, it, it takes away the cobwebs of things. Yes. You see the heart behind the habit. Well, and, and that's where, you know, fasting from maybe it's social media or mm-hmm. Netflix, or we've talked about other food or... You and I were just having to talk about, and we'll have to do an episode maybe on this later, but, you know, seeking approval from the people yep. that are around us. Yep. Um, that can very much, and right now, you know, that's something I'm struggling with that's, that's an addiction. Yeah. Yeah. So anything that is becoming that God, that right. if it gets taken away, it, we feel threatened, mm-hmm. would be a good, it's just a good starting place to start off a year. Uh, and then on this next verse, instead, they should teach others what is good. And so we will feel like hypocrites if we're not living in a way that honors God. Mm-hmm. We will not feel like we can teach anybody anything. Sure. And, and right there is another example. I, I have taught about the word of God. I've taught about emotional healing for the last eight, 10, maybe even more years. But the one area that I would not go into was stewardship of the body and mm-hmm. anything related to health and wellness because I intuitively knew I was not doing what, what God would want of me. I was not caring for my temple. And in the second half of 2018, God, and we're going to just need to do a whole episode on this. I know. um, God brought me through this journey of healing physically, uh, revealing my addictions to sugar Mm -hmm. and comfort food and and then bring me into a place of a whole understanding holiness from a fresh perspective, which is funny because my whole teaching ministry began really with whole, with the topic of holiness. 
right. about a decade ago, I wrote Holy Habits and, and taught on that topic. And it's funny how I kind of just let it go to the back because I, I think I knew then that there wasn't a fullness of holiness manifesting mm-hmm. in my life because there was an area that I didn't want to give God access to. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, moving into this concept of holy whole and, and talking about fasting and addictions, it ties, it ties in here. Yeah. Um, so beautiful. yeah, it's interesting cause I hadn't seen it before cause I haven't taught on this topic since mm-hmm. I haven't taught on this topic in about six months. So these older women, the aged women among us, must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely, be pure, to work in their homes and to do good, to be submissive to their husbands. So that's where I have taken kind of a traditional stand on mentoring should be older to younger, mm-hmm. not should, um, needs to be older to younger because that's the call. It doesn't have to be limited to that. Right. And the reason I say that is because of what Paul teaches, picking up at verse 11. And this is where that parakaleo word comes into to mm-hmm. play. So verses 11 through, I'm going to read to the end of chapter 2, verse 15. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to the wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. I love it that there's that word devotion. Mm -hmm. And it's all in the we. We are instructed. We should live. We should look forward with devotion to God to the hope that, that he has for us, that there is a collaborative process of our faith. It's not Paul saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. He's saying, or you should do this together. Right. Yeah. Right. He doesn't say Cause, that. Cause he could be easily like, well, I have reached this, you know, this pinnacle and you need to do likewise. Yeah. But it, it's this, we concept of I'm coming alongside you too. Yes. And we know that about Paul. Like he did not leave the churches hanging after he came and, and converted and, and taught them all the truths that God had placed on his heart. Like he was so good at being intentional to send people, whether it was Timothy or others, to help to encourage and continue to have the churches grow in their faith, or whether it was writing letters or him going back around and visiting the same areas. Um it was a connection and a brotherhood and sisterhood versus I've been here. I showed up, I showed you the truth and now good luck with that. And I'll see you later. Right. Right. He's in it. And, and that's what we're saying to each other, you and I, but to us as a community, like, yeah. And we be in this together. Right. And, and who I would even say, let's just not be in it together online, but who in real life can you bring into what we're doing in the more to be tribe to, to do it together. So you have both online accountability mm-hmm. and in real life accountability at the same time. Mm-hmm. So verse 14, uh, Paul's talking about Jesus gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. And what I love about that particular part is the reminder of everything that we're supposed to be doing, but then the reminder of everything what Jesus has already done for us. Mm-hmm. And so even in our we horizontal, there's a we vertical, right? 
without Christ, what, what we're being called to do is impossible. Yeah. So then verse 15, you must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary. So don't let anyone disregard what you have to say. So, you know, mind you, Paul is writing to Titus. Right. And so he is commissioning Titus to do this. And mm-hmm. Titus is commissioning the older men and the older women and the younger men and the younger women in all that we're supposed to be doing together as a body. Mm-hmm. Right. And that word uh, teach means speak, which means it's not just by example. It's also by verbal instruction and encourage comes from the word uh, parakaleo, which means to call to one side, address, speak, call on, exhort. And there are, uh, I have written down here, nine different ways that we can parakaleo. I've turned it into a verb. <laughs> okay, tell me. So we can <laughs> exhort, encourage, comfort, instruct, admonish, beg, appease, strengthen, console, and teach. Mm. like basically really good words (laughs) basically everywhere every day every time with everyone all the time everywhere every day with everyone right like there is nothing that that precludes us from doing this except i think our own sense of like hypocrisy well or insecurities or or strivings or pride. I mean, like there's so many things that can hold us back or trip us up. Right. Right. Which really under the umbrella is all sin. Yeah. To some degree or another warped thinking, you know, and so what happens is we don't say anything. We are like, "Mm, who am I to tell her? Yeah. Could I really say something? Should I keep my mouth shut about this? And some personalities are going to keep their mouth shut more easily than others. Right. Right. Some personalities are going to avoid the conflict Mm -hmm. um, just because, and yet these are strong words. You have the authority to correct them when necessary. So don't let anyone disregard what you have to say. So mind you, this is happening in the context of believer to believer. And the word correct actually means refute, convict, bring to life, call to account, punish, or admonish. Well, and I guarantee Titus wasn't a perfect person. No. I mean, Paul, even, you know, in Romans, like I struggle with the things that I want to release, you know, and they have this hold on me and what I don't want to do, I do. Right. Um, So, you know, yes. So we're, we're dealing with faulty human beings and yet there's still this call to step forward and boldly proclaim God's word, which puts things into action in our life, like which calls us to make changes and to, to become holy. Right. To become holy, to be transformed, to be made more like Christ. Yeah. And, and it's, you said it in the beginning, the coming alongside. So it's that where, where our eyes are on Christ and we're seeking to live out for his glory our actions, our thoughts, our words, our deeds every day. Mm -hmm. And yet we're looking at the people who are side by side with us and saying, let's do this together. We're looking at the people coming up from behind us and saying, come on, don't follow me as Paul says, but follow the the imitate Christ, Mm -hmm. follow the example of Christ. And so 
that this, this parakaleo relationship has to happen through time together, uh, developing, you don't enter into the rebuke, you develop a relationship <laughs> over time. And then there's the opportunity that will present itself for a rebuke. Yep. And so one of the things that I teach in the impact mentor training course is kind of how to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. Like what are some of the ways to build an intentional meeting on a, on a regular basis relationships and then how to do it organically and even how to set up a mentoring ministry in your church where you are pairing people up. And so I think if I have the date right, our next mentor training kicks off on January 14th. That's our next live training. So we'll put the link to that in the show notes, which is great for the mentoring side of this. Right. Because I do find that people, it's like, oh, where do I start? Or how do I even, I know, I mean, we naturally have friends, um, but there's still this level of like, okay, but intentional friendship and moving towards the idea of, of having this biblical connection. Yeah. Um, I remember still, it was, it was, I guess it was last year, last January, uh, the school takes a group of students down to a prayer conference in Florida. That's an annual thing. And Mm -hmm. we take always four leaders who get trained in small group, how to run a small group. So there it's student led groups. So they go early and they have their full day and then they meet all the other kids from all these other high schools. And there's eight of them, eight to 10 of them in a group. Well, one of the girls came back and she's like, why hasn't anybody ever taught me this? And I was like, what, what, what did you learn? Yeah. And she's like, they gave us these cards of just how to start conversations with people. Why hasn't anybody until this point in time, like just perfect strangers giving me some resources on how to start conversations, you know? It's something that simple, but it was just kind of icebreaker stuff that yeah, I had friends, sure. But yeah. this idea of like meeting total strangers and then developing a relationship and within three days going from getting to know them to going to deep conversations about mm-hmm. God and issues and struggles that they're all going through in high school. I mean, and the stories that just come out, you know, I get the kids yeah. coming back and telling me. Um, that they're admitting to sexual sins and oh. abuse situations and all this kind of stuff. It's heavy stuff for other kids to deal with. Yeah. But it all starts with these games and fun and activities and little questions that suddenly like bonds them all together and gets them to the point of taking them down this road of like deep conversations. Yeah. You know, but I think sometimes like we figure it's like, how do we jump? How do we go from here to there? Right. So, it's these basic principles that we don't talk about, which I love about our training. And, you know, in the training, we talk all about how to ask good questions, which is what I teach Mm -hmm. in the coach training class too. And in my mind, it's really like take the mentor training first. And then once you start tasting it and you understand how God wants to use you and make you more effective, move into the coach training to gain skill, like in depth, not everybody can do that, but it's this natural progression of, learning how to ask good questions. And, and yet at the same time, so, so there's this, like in the mentor training, the mentoring side of it, it's the, the very intentional relationship that you're envisioning. How do I take this to that next level and go deeper and deeper and deeper? But I also think like you were just saying, where do you start? Yeah. And to some degree, that's almost where I feel like brave together as a tool could be, 
after you've had a mentoring relationship with somebody that you continue to use Brave Together as topics and account weekly accountability, but it could also be the starting place of those more pure relationships mm -hmm. where you want to have um, accountability, more like a discipleship. Like, can I call you out on this and you call me out on that back and forth with these mm -hmm. principles? And, and so I, I want to turn to Acts 2. And again, here's this word devoted. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to sharing mm -hmm. meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Yeah. So it all goes together. If like, you know, there's a, it's a multifaceted um, mm -hmm. piece of advice from scripture of that. They were dealing with the scriptures and with teaching mm -hmm. and, and guidance from God's word. There was fellowship though, to me of just like time to hang out and to be involved in each other's lives and yeah. to just have like that downtime sharing of meals, which to me goes together with fellowship. But again, that, that intimacy, and there's always intimacy when you have somebody over for a meal and, and a different connection that happens. And we had um, some friends over this weekend and we haven't had a chance to have them over, mm -hmm. but there were so many stories shared that yep. got, helped us to get to know each other better and um, just connections then of like outdoor stuff that we found out we both like. And anyways... Uh, yeah. there's always a fabulous connection over a meal and then prayer. So you've got like all this multifaceted pieces coming together yes. to make this beautiful picture of community. Right. And I think we like to say, well, we don't really need to have people into our homes because that, that, that's just like, we've got church. Church is like mm -hmm. the home for believers. So mm -hmm. we can just do churchy things together or, or, well, we don't really need to pray together because like we could go separate ways and pray for each other and that's sufficient. And, and, you know, well, we don't really need to get into the scriptures together. We can just read a book and then that will be sufficient. So I, I really do think that there are these interwoven, like you were just describing, all these things need to be manifesting in at least some of our relationships. Right. And it doesn't need to be a lot, but it should be like a few. And, and it doesn't need to be a few with people who are the same as us right? in the same season and stage of life. Like it could be cross-generational pretty easily. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's just hard to take that first step and, and risk rejection or risk judgment. Yeah. I mean, even, even peer to peer though, like it's, mm -hmm. you know, I, I listen to the kids and there's one girl who's really trying to start some Bible studies and she just has this heart for God. Mm -hmm. And yet there is this fear of rejection from her peers. Mm -hmm. And are they going to think she's too over the top or, um, you know, or she's too, too much into Jesus and now she wouldn't do what they do. I mean, all this kind of stuff. And I don't think that changes. Like, honestly, we, we say that we grow out or, or we want to leave high school so we want to get rid of the high school drama, but I really think that it kind of just continues to translate through life that there's certain pieces that we hold on to that we get worried about or not sure where we stand with this person or how they view is our house clean enough or, I mean, it's kind of on and on. It is a problem. We yeah. I had people over this weekend for breakfast on Saturday morning and, 
as I was approaching the week, I'm like, the house just isn't going to be the standard that I would normally want. It was a really long work week with a lot of really wonderful choices that I made that made it personally busier than I would have planned when I picked the date and the time. Right. And, And yet God provided. And you know what? Not a single one of them came in and sat at my table and bent their head down to the floor and say, Lisa, how come you did not vacuum under the table here? Right? Like nobody looked at that. They looked at each other's eyes and the faces Mm -hmm. and, and the hearts of each other. They were not looking at what was going on on my floor. They could care less. If anything, it probably made them feel better to see Toby drool on the wood tile (laughs) or the wood floor and the tile, because we actually live in this space, right? And for those who don't know, Toby's my dog, not my son. I guess, I guess we need to clarify that. Well, and I think that's the, the piece to remember is being brave to step out and do it. And then if you are the one who is invited though, being gracious, you know, Yes. because sometimes it can get easy to fall into a judgmental frame of mind. Yeah. And yet, yeah, always being grace filled on both ends of the spectrum right. will just make these moments together. Um, so much more meaningful and move the relationships into a direction that is going to see us be brave together because we're not hung up on the little aspects. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think the challenge is we can't do all of this all the time with everyone. Right. So the people of Acts, they didn't have modern transportation. They didn't have... Uh, access to all the things that we have access to and the number of people that we have access to. So I'd say, you know, who's the one person or one family you can pursue having over once this month and then add a second family the second month, or maybe that family and another family Mm -hmm. together the third month and, and put it in that kind of living intentionally Mm-hmm. process because in the long run, you're going to want to have the kind of relationships that are going to hold you accountable as much as you want to be a part of that. Because at the end of the day, God's faithfulness and God's provisions become apparent in, in the relationships with each other. Well, and I think that feels so much more doable. Like I'm, I'm one who looks at everything and goes, Okay, wait a second. There's so much and I, I want to reach out. And I want to help with all this. And then I get overwhelmed though. Yeah. And I had somebody, I don't remember. I know there's an illustration or something, you know, the person standing on the beach and, and it's just littered with all these starfish that are going to die. And it's mm-hmm. like, just pick up one and throw it yeah. back in the ocean and, yeah. you know, and then pick up another one, but you're not going to save the hundreds or thousands that are on the beach. But have you made a difference in the life of that one starfish? Well, yeah, because you saved it and you threw it back in the water. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so taking that one step and then, and then praying. I think we talked about this before, if that then God will expand your territory as mm-hmm. he sees fit. And as, yeah, we were talking about the parable of the, the servants. Um, leave that up to God then. Yeah. That, that one good thing, that one family, like you said, and invest invest yourself in that. Yeah. And expect it for a season, but not a lifetime. Mm. We have really experienced that over the years that like, 
as God has changed our location, that obviously it happened, but even we've been here three and a half years and, and what things looked like when we first got here are very different than what they look like now. And, and there are seasons in life. And so I, I think my first recommendation would be to start with the prayer part mm-hmm. and, and, and the word start with those two pieces between you and the Lord. And then who's one person you could ask to become your kind of accountability partner on doing this. And maybe that's not even the person that you are going to be inviting over to your house. That might be somebody who's a hundred miles away where you make this commitment together. Mm -hmm. And I know when we moved here and my friend Carrie moved uh, to Colorado at the same time, that was a weekly check-in point that we had with each other. Like, who are you choosing to invest in this week? Who mm. will you invite to lunch? And maybe that's how it starts. It starts with getting to know another woman. And then from that, maybe it's having going out as couples. And then from there, maybe it's coming mm. you know, together as families. And, and I would say it doesn't have to be a matchy match. So like it could be a single woman or mm-hmm. a married woman. And depending on what role you find yourself in and to uh, allow yourself the goal of getting to the place of the kind of fellowship that happens when you break bread together. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, um, I, you know, and there's more in this, I just want to hit on this part, a deep sense of awe came over them and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. So to me, that's even going into this concept of like, what does our modern day church look like? They sold their property and possessions, shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in their homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So this is this we've camped out on just the verse 42, but it's in this context of this the body of Christ mm-hmm. and the expansion of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Which then again goes back to that. The Lord added to their fellowship because I believe that he added to it because they were being faithful in the resources that he had given them. And they were using that fully mm-hmm. for his honor and glory. And that's what shines through. It's not about us. It, it's all about then that those people, they saw the love of Christ just being lived out. Yes. And that's what drew them to the church. Which, okay, that takes me over to like my new most favorite passage in all of scripture, I think, which is First John 4. Loving one another. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a funny way these all go together? Like you cannot do parakaleo if you're not in fellowship yeah. in a community. And if you're not in a community, you're not loving one another. It's, it's very easy to love people you spend no time with. It's a whole lot yeah. harder to love people that you actually have to live with and be in relationship with. Yeah, because they're a challenge, right? I mean, so much a challenge. Like, that happened this morning when my son wouldn't turn his alarm clock off. I was not feeling loving towards him. I'm right. I could be so happy if I was by myself. And yeah. that's, a, that's a false statement because I really wouldn't. But, you know, yeah. it's that kind of mentality. Yeah, it'd be so much easier if you were only taking care of yourself. But. Yes, but I'm not. So what, I, what jumps out to me in this passage from like verse 7 to verse uh, 12 is that 
the call to manifest the love of God to each other. So dear friends, let's continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And I do not think it's an accident that real love is sacrificial. Hmm. Jesus modeled it Mm -hmm. by giving up his own life for us. God modeled it by giving up his son for us. And so if we are going to really commit to loving people that we're in relationship with, what are we willing to give up for their benefit, for their gain? And that means we are going to give up our yeah. time, our money, yep. our, our comforts, which is what that passage in Acts was just saying that they did. Exactly. Well, yeah, because they sold everything. I mean, they were, they were sharing with one another. Yeah, we get tripped up on... Um, does it benefit me or is somebody going to walk all over me because I've given of my time? My husband and I actually have had conversations about this because he's struggled a little bit with girls contact me because again, for those who are listening, maybe haven't heard my story. I'm at a boarding school. So, you know, they live in dormitories. And so I have girls who are like, Hey, can you run me to town? Can you take me to Starbucks? I had some girls today. Can you take me to Panda Express? You know, and, and he's like, you're running them all over the place or mm-hmm. why, why are you taking them out? And, and his thing is like, they're just using you because they want to get off campus. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, I get that. But that 15, half an hour in the car of taking them into town and back is building relationships and yes. just literally just, uh, I don't know. In the last few weeks, he also just finished reading Everybody Always by Bob Goff. And he's like, it's coming to me. And I'm like, (laughs) this is great. But he's like, I just, I was having a hard time seeing it. And he said, but now I'm getting it. And and I see that then those girls that you had been taking off last year are starting to come to you with bigger issues. And they're starting to open up. Um, Because you initially had these small interactions and moments. Um, but it does, it takes time out and I grant it's my job, but it's still, there are times where I'm like, even today it was like, Oh, I've got so much to do and I've got the podcast recording and I need to run home. And yeah, it was like, Nope, squeeze in the time. So, you know, there's a level of, yeah, sacrificial of our time or our money. And I think what we had to battle against though, is then doing that wholeheartedly and lovingly and not getting tripped up because we might not let them onto it, but I know I've had a few arguments in my mind um, this year of like, oh, I just want somebody to then say thank you or to be appreciative or whatever. And I've had to say, Lord, no, that's not what this is about. You know, these, these kids might never say thank you. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing this because you've called me to love them with abandon. And I just hope they walk out of this place when they graduate, knowing that they are loved by me mm-hmm. because you love them and you're shining through me. Yeah. And that ultimately they're pointed back to you and that they know that you love them no matter what. So 
it, yes, it's going to happen that way because that's how God has ordained it to happen. Mm-hmm. In verse 11, it says, dear, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we sure, surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression. I'm convinced that it's the, not the first time that you drive them to the store, not the mm-hmm. second time, maybe not the third time, not maybe not even the hundredth time, but at some point when they hit rock bottom and they come to you and they say, Ms. Kelch, can you help me? Like, I don't even know what to do right now. Right. It's because you have already proven your love to them by showing up again and again and again and again and again. And, and I would say there are times for healthy boundaries, sure. right? Uh, yes. love, love is not, does not mean I forsake my family in the name right. of serving you. Right. You're first called to love your family in that situation. And if you're in a family and somebody's requiring something of you, that's also not love. That's expectations. Um, and so there, there are these fine lines. Mm-hmm. Bob Goff seems to figure out how to do it. I know. <laughs> I think he, I, I, yeah, I have, I have fallen into the habit of not only saying what would Jesus do, but what would Bob do? <laughs> <laughs> because his, his stories, they're just amazing. But, and I think, but you know that, and I think we've, we've been talking about my situation with teenagers, but looking, if, if you're in a church, I mean, is there, yeah, a new, a young mom who you can take a meal to because you know, she's struggling to keep up with the kids or maybe she has a newborn. Um, and that is going to take time out of your schedule to make yeah. something and to plan ahead to take a meal over. Uh, or do you help sit with that family at church because the little ones are busy and it can be hard to sit there and entertain. And yes, that's a sacrifice that you're maybe not going to get as much out of that sermon because you're trying to color or do whatever with, with somebody else's kids. Um, there are so many things or, or if you're in, um, you know, school, like, is there a way that you can run each other's kids around and you pick up somebody else's kids from soccer practice this week mm-hmm. and, and you bring them home and you have them over for the afternoon. Um, you know, there's so many practical ways. And I think we have to look at those practical ways first mm-hmm. as the entering wedge to be in fellowship and spend time together that grows into the living life and speaking truth from God's word. Yeah. Absolutely. And that made me, as you were talking, I was thinking of Romans 12. So we, we, we wrap up into it, which I was hoping we'd get to. And the subtitle of this section is a living sacrifice to God. And so I'm going to summarize the first part is uh, that we're being called to be a living and holy sacrifice, which is also a place we started at today. The kind he, meaning God will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's perfect will for you, which is good, perfect, good, pleasing, and perfect. So it's funny because our two pillars at More to Be are transformation Mm -hmm. and impact through biblical mentoring relationships. And so 
even when it comes to being that woman of impact, we have to really start with being a woman who's willing to be changed and transformed by God's word, that we'd be willing to think differently mm-hmm. about our purpose and our value as we experience a fresh encounter with God in his word. I mean, that's why we're doing the podcast, right. to think biblically and live transformed. And that's why Brave Together exists is because it's what, what are the practical steps we can take each week to think biblically and live transformed. And you were going there with that, with the practical examples of right where you are, step into the opportunities to serve mm-hmm. and serve out of an overflow of God's love in a, a holy sacrifice unto him as your spiritual act of worship. Yeah. And so what I love is in verse like three and on, Paul is talking about us having many parts. So verse, uh, well, I can't skip three because it's really funny. <laughs> because of the privilege and authority God has given to me, I give you, each of you, this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation yourself, yourself measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. And so I, I just love it. Paul's like, come on, get real people. Right. Um, but then verse four Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. It's kind of this brave together. Like we, we need each other. We belong to each other. Like that's, that goes beyond um, just community. I don't know. Right. Right. And it, if, if we are belonging to each other, the way God has called us to, I think that he will be adding to our numbers mm-hmm. because what they will see is love and sacrifice and servanthood and grace and mercy and kindness. And, and well, I've never thought this before. I mean, I don't know. I know you haven't grown up in the church. I did. And just watching, you know, churches would come up with these great plans. My churches of how do we get more people in and, and there's seminars or there's this or that. You can do all you want to that kind of stuff and sharing. Mm-hmm. And we do, we need to share the good news, but it all comes down to like, if we're just simply loving people, there's going to be a line at the door. Yeah. Because yep. this world doesn't have just free love. It is all, well, that doesn't sound good. That's going back to the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, there's, there's always strings attached. Yeah. There's nothing free in life. Yeah. And yet the good news of God's love is free. Yeah. And, and he has given us the benefit and the beauty to live that out. Yeah. And the privilege that then draws other people naturally. I know. It makes me think about this boy at our church that I never had the privilege of meeting. He uh, died tragically in a horrible car wreck this past Mm. summer. Uh, my my oldest daughter uh, knew him as an acquaintance and mm-hmm. is very uh, connected with his friend groups and his sister as well. Okay. Um, and there are, I can tell you, about a half a dozen people that are becoming a, um, a tangible part of our church because he invited a friend to youth group. Mm-hmm. And he invited that same friend to church on Sundays and that friend eventually invited his mom and that mom eventually got her daughter to go who put her life in the Lord to, mm-hmm. into the Lord's hand, right. who invited the dad 
And the dad, I believe, um, came to know the Lord through this boy's death. And so it started with one invitation. Yeah. I don't think that this young man spent a lot of time thinking about whether or not his friend would want to come to youth group with him. I think he's like, Hey, I go here and I love this. You should come with me. Right. And the innocence, you know, when it says to have childlike faith, Mm -hmm. we've gotten so caught up in the fear of offending. Yeah. And the, um, having to do it right. Mm -hmm. That we've lost the art of just being love and, and, remembering that we're first loved. Mm -hmm. Well, and I don't think, you know, social media and just the day and age we live in has helped because we've talked about this a little bit of just the loss of connection and community because so much happens through the technology. Yeah. Um, And so I, I think there's that aspect that plays into this sense of kind of this separation and we do everything on islands and just ourselves or, or it has to be perfectly aligned and picture perfect because we have to post it with mm-hmm. this little group of friends. And, and we've lost the simplicity of, like you said, just loving each other and not worrying about whether it's Instagram post worthy. Yeah. 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 And if we could get back to the heart mm-hmm. of what God called us to it would have an impact on social media yeah, as much as it has the impact in real life. Yeah. And so I want to, I want to close us with reading uh, from verse six uh, down through um, verse 13. I don't think I'll go much further than that. And, and to read it as like a commissioning of that we would be these brave together women and that we would use more to be the tribe space as our weekly accountability check-in, like go do this, go do this. Don't do it in your own strength, but do it as a a commissioned woman of God, as a warrior taking up your spot in the ranks of the body of Christ, knowing you're not the only one, right? There's another woman out there who's saying, I want biblical community around me and I want it where I live uh, to reflect what I have online mm-hmm. and, and to go back into the trenches. And so verse six, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you a gift of leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them and always be eager to practice hospitality. Those are some marching orders. They really are. 
They're everything we've talked about. Yeah, I actually. They're everything that we've talked about. Love with genuine affection. I love his in verse nine. It's just don't pretend to do it. I really do it. Really, really (laughs) love them. He's like, he realizes Christians are good at putting on the the mask and the fakeness of like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing it for Christ. He's like, don't do that. Don't do it. Don't play around. Just really love them. Yeah. Just really love. I know. I've been working on what my word for the year will be. And I keep on coming back to love Mm -hmm. as one of the possibilities. Like just love. Hashtag. Mm -hmm just love <laughs> like it would solve a lot of problems it, it would solve a lot of problems oh is it the old song what the world needs now is love right right the world needs and that they will know we are christians by our yeah. love <laughs> yeah, that was a secular song but yeah but that that one song we might need to post a link to an old rendition oh, of they will know we are christians by our love i remember singing that growing up Oh, I know. So there's our commissioning. We want everybody to join us in the yes. More to Be Tribe. We'll post the link to that in the show notes. And uh, they can grab a copy of Brave Together in paperback off of Amazon. Mm-hmm. They can get a PDF version if they want to print it out, although it's a pretty big book. It is. Uh, and then if they join the sisterhood, they can get the PDF copy for free and then decide if they want to get the the paperback version of it. And that world just going to work through this each week, kicking each other into gear to think biblically and live transformed. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So Kaylee, will you close us in prayer and then I'll send us forth. Okay. Dear heavenly father, thank you so much for this time together. And Lord, you have called us to be women of faith who stand side by side and fight against the evil foes that are around us. And we don't have to do it alone because you have instructed in your word that we are to, to bind ourselves together. And most importantly, that you are our guide and that we are supposed to connect ourselves with you first and foremost. Um, so we just ask as we start this new year and as we go together, uh, as we work through Brave together, that you would just help each one of us to grow more fully in who we are in you and that you would help us to find a community of believers, of other women who are desperate to um, to just come alongside and to be all that you have called them to be. May you help each one of us to find that connection and to be able to bond together too as well online. Um, that we would be a support system for one another and that you would just walk with us. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for being here with me today, Kaylee. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the More to Be podcast. We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us today. If you'd like to show your support for the ministry of More to Be and our podcast, we'd love for you to become a More to Be Sisterhood Circle member. You'll be blessed with our signature courses and resources while being a blessing to others. To learn more, visit moretobe.com slash podcast for a special link just for you. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.